welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to begin at verse 1. I'm going to read six verses. Y'all think you can handle six verses? I'm sure you can. You can, you, you know, you can tell, and I don't, maybe I shouldn't say this. You can tell when you go to church where people don't read their Bibles, because if you read more than like three or four verses, they get googly eyes. Just start spinning like, amen. And so I'm, I'm glad I'm a part of a word church, Amen. Amen. Verse number one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were made of things which do appear. We're not made of things which do appear. So glad that science is catching up to all this. And I just want to say to the science community, welcome. Amen. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that, was, that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. This ain't part of my message, but when you offer up what's right, God will testify of your gifts. Amen. And his blessings. And, yet, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him or before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. But without faith it is impossible to please him. Amen. And so I, I think you could extrapolate from just that one verse that you need faith to please God. You can do everything else right, but if we don't have faith, is that a safe way of saying it? We can do everything else right, but if we don't have faith, we can't please God. Amen. Now, what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. One translation rendered it that, that faith is the substance of things that we hope for, yet the title deed of that which we have not held yet. And so that's what faith is. And then in that understanding of faith, and Paul, who we believe is the writer to the Hebrew church, then goes down and says, and all of these things which I give an example of of what faith is. Let me tell you, if you don't have that, we can't please the Lord. Amen. And, and so I want to I preach here this afternoon on this thought because faith is important. And, and not just a um, faith in as an I believe, I believe in God. But, but a active faith is important. Amen. And so I want to preach i wish i could have come up with a better title something a little more catchy but we'll just run with this seven kinds of faith i want to preach on seven kinds of faith that the bible talks about and how that we can have that in our life i want to have faith in my life because i want to please the lord amen, amen. and so that's what I, I believe the lord has given for us today and I believe before we leave here today, we can leave here in greater faith. We can leave here walking in the revelation that God is able. And not only is he able, but he is willing. Amen. And I am so thankful that my God is willing and able to move in my need and in my situation. Amen. Amen. They were singing that song. What was that song y'all just singing? Another one before that. Greater things. Amen. They're singing, I know that he is willing. I know that he is able. Amen. I'm going to ruin that song for y'all forever, though, 
Because sometimes I think they're singing, I know that he is Willie. And I'm thinking, who's Willie? I know that he is Willie. And I'm thinking, Willie must be pretty awesome. <laughs> I know that he is willing. I know that he is able. Amen. <laughs> That's just the way my mind works. I'm sorry. But since it takes faith to please him, I want to have the faith. Amen. That causes God to be pleased in my life. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word today. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you, Lord, for being in this holy place with the people of God. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me to speak your word. I pray, Lord, that your word would bring strength and encouragement and direction. I pray, Lord, you would bless those and encourage those that are discouraged. Lord, I pray that healing would come into this place, supernatural, divine healing. And I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone that needs salvation, they come to that understanding today. Lord, we pray that you would do what only you can do in this house. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Oh, he's worthy. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Seven kinds of faith. Amen. That, that we are going to talk about today. Let me say this as I enter in to, to talk about this. Let me say that we are not cessationists. We do not believe that the gifts stopped with the death of the apostles. And, and there are churches, Brother Chase, that are cessationists. They believe that when the, the disciple, when the last apostle died, uh, then the gifts of the Spirit also they won't say died, but they'll say ceased from being in the church. We believe that the gifts of God are still active in the church today. We believe in the gift of healing. Amen. And, 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 and if you don't believe in that, amen, which I know it's not here, but a cessationist, I keep wanting to say sensationalist, but it's cessationist. If they believe that, well, you would walk into a wrong room in telling us that healing is not for people and for the earth today because there are those of us that are here today that have been healed by the mighty hand of God and touched by the mighty hand. Can anybody witness to the healing power of God? And they would say that gift seats, such as the gift of tongues and the gifts of prophecy and the gifts of working of miracles and all of these things, but, but we know that they are active and alive in the church today. And might I say, and I, I don't say this in any way uh, to try to belittle or, or besmirch their, their uh, uh, intensity or sincerity in serving God, but let me say this, maybe it could be because of the lack of faith is why there is no gifting in those type of churches. But if there is faith, God is moved by faith, and God will demonstrate demonstrate himself in faith and through faith and he will respond to those who have faith in him. And so as, as elementary as it may seem today, amen, I, I want to preach on uh, seven kinds of faith, amen, and to encourage you that you can have faith and need to have faith to believe for God to work a miracle in your life. And I know that a, a lot of us here have been serving God for a while, or maybe you think you, you, know, you already have that understanding, but sometimes our faith needs to be strengthened, and sometimes our faith needs to be encouraged, and our faith needs to kind of just be nudged along just a little bit to say, you can have faith in God. God can do that for you. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. And so I want to preach on uh, those seven kinds of biblical faith. The first faith that I want to preach on is great faith. Everybody say great faith. Great faith is found in Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse number 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. Everybody say a centurion. It's important to believe this was, a, this was a Gentile, a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Jesus was already moved by the faith of a Gentile non-believer who said, will you pray for my servant to be healed? 
healed. And Jesus said, yes, I will come. And Jesus didn't say, I'd pray for him. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And then he goes on to say why he has this kind of faith, because he says, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, go, and he goeth. And I say unto, unto another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed him, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And he wasn't just talking about the borders of the nation. He was talking about the people themselves. Jesus said, Here is this unbeliever, this Gentile, who comes to me and said, If you will but speak the word, I believe it will be done. And Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith, not even in the people who I have come to reach. Great faith is saying that Christ has authority over all disease and over all sickness. I want somebody to know here this afternoon, Jesus still has all authority over sickness, over disease. He has authority over death, hell, and the grave. He has authority over demon spirits. He has authority over the winds and the waves. He has authority over fear and doubt. He has authority over kings. He has authority over prime ministers. He has authority over presidents and governors. I believe that God is still in control. Let me tell you something. Great faith doesn't have to be in church. Great faith can believe God from a distance. Great faith doesn't have to say, call me a prayer meeting so God can work. Great faith says God will move anywhere that there is a need present. Great faith can pray from a distance. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Listen to me. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And faith is the currency of heaven. If you have faith, you can get into the miracle flow of God if you have faith. Well, I would be healed, but pastor had laid hands on me. I would be healed but Brother Chase hasn't laid hands on me. I'd be healed but I can't get the ministry team to come to my house. Great faith says all I need is to believe in a God that is able. Great faith says he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. So Jesus answered in Mark 11 and 22 and Jesus said unto them have faith in God. When you have great faith, your faith is aggressive and it is determined. You don't thank God for a great music and a great band, but you don't need Brother Lucas whooping the piano and you don't need Brother Vinny over here beating the drums. If you got great faith, you can stand in the midst of a hospital room when the doctor hands you the x-rays and says no hope. You can lift up your voice, you can say it in your heart, but if you've got faith I said if you've got great faith God can move no matter where you are Amen. Great faith is also revealed in Daniel 3 and 17. Amen. When, when the Bible declared this, they said in uh, Daniel 3, 17, if that is the case, our God for whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. You see, the three Hebrew boys, they had bold faith. They, they, had, they had great faith. They realized, amen, that their life was was on the line. This wasn't, this wasn't just in a prayer line or in a Sunday service. They were facing a burning fiery furnace. But those three Hebrew boys, amen, they said our confession is that we bow to God alone. And we're not going to worship the gods that you serve. We're not going to worship the idols that you've created. So you just go ahead and do what you got to do. You go ahead and take care of business like you got to see fit. But as for me, I'm going to worship God and God alone and the Bible said God was moved by that great faith until a fourth man appeared in the midst of the fire and not only did they be kept in the fire but in the fire 
fire, God loosed them from their chains and he loosed them from out of their bondage and the Bible said they didn't even smell like smoke. I've come to preach to you if you got faith in the midst of your furnace, if you got faith in the midst of your trial, God is able to see you through. All you gotta say is, Lord, speak the word. Amen. That's why we believe in preaching around here. Amen. We, we got, thank God for good singing and, and good everything we have. Amen. But this is still a preaching church because we believe in the preached word. Amen. The preached word of God. The preached word, the word, send the word. We believe in the word. Preach the word. Amen. But I'm telling you, you don't got to just hear it from a pulpit. You can go in your home and preach the word. You can go in your home and speak the word. You can, you can declare a word here and God begin to move in situations around the world. I believe you can pray and God move in countries around the world. I believe you can speak in faith right here and God will start turning things around on your job when you get there tomorrow. That's what great faith is. The second kind of faith is natural faith. Everybody say natural faith. Now natural faith, natural faith, and while it's... Putting this together, I thought, man, the way I thought, man, I should have put great faith at last. We should have just built up to it. But uh, I need to get your attention with great faith. Now, the next faith is natural faith. Now, natural faith is when you're when, when you're traveling on a plane. You have natural faith that the pilot knows the difference between Chicago and Cuba. When you're on a plane and that plane is flying east, you got confidence that the pilot knows the difference between New York and New Delhi. That's natural faith. When you go to a surgeon, you have natural faith that he knows the difference between a tosselectomy and a hysterectomy. <laughs> right? And so it's natural faith. You have faith in your lawyer. You have faith in your banker. You have faith in your financier. You have faith to some degree, you know, to some degree in these. I, I'm not saying that, you know, you jump off a bridge for them. But you have faith in your doctor. You have, you have faith in all these things. That's natural faith. But I want to encourage you today, you need to have faith in a God who never fails. And I mean, above and beyond, I mean, at a basis level, we need to have a faith that God is the almighty God. And that God is able to help me overcome any obstacle that gets in my way. I look at some things and some people say, well, it takes faith. That doesn't take faith for me. That's just fact. God is able. I don't need to be worked up to say God is able. God is able. God made the sun rise this morning. He'll make the sun set this evening. God controls everything in the palm of his hand. Amen. And I'm telling you, you can have faith that God is still in control. I know I'm preaching simple stuff, so maybe I'll get complicated later. Later, I know this is simple stuff, but we need that old faith that said he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in it. He's got me and you, brother, in his hands. He's got me and you, brother, in his hands. He's got me and you, brother, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. You say, well, pastor, that Sunday school stuff, I'm not a kid anymore. Well, the Bible says, except you become as a little child, except you have faith as one of these. Every once in a while, you need to lift up your hand and see how small and insignificant that hand is, but then picture the hand of Almighty God and know that God has the whole world in his hands and he's in control. That's my natural faith. He's in control of everything. Faith is victory that comes. Faith is the victory that overcomes every obstacle that life can throw at you. That's the second kind. of The third kind of faith is found in Matthew 17, 20. And it's called the mustard seed faith. Everybody say mustard seed faith. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move, ye, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you with just faith the size of a grain of... How many's ever seen a mustard seed before? I thought about bringing a bunch of mustard seeds here, but I think everybody gets the point. It's about the, as small as the tip of a ballpoint pen. It's really, really small. And Jesus said, 
If you've got faith even that small, you could speak to a mountain and say, be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. Mustard seed faith, if I could define it, it's like this. It's pure faith. It's faith that doesn't waver. It's the faith that kind of said, that, that says, little is much when God is in it. Mustard seed faith says, God will do the impossible in spite of what is around me. Mustard seed faith says, I don't know when and I don't know how, but I know that he's able. Mustard seed faith stands in the valley and looks at an Everest-sized problem and says, I still believe that if I speak to this mountain, it can be removed. I'm preaching to somebody here this afternoon. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I don't know what you're facing, but I've come to encourage you. Have faith in God. The fourth kind of faith is Romans 12 and 3, and it's a measure of faith, a measure of faith. Romans 12 and 3 says, Paul says, For I say, though the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not, uh, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has given you a Measure faith. When you pray, that's an act of faith. God has given you a measure of faith. When you repent of your sins, that is that measure of faith that God has put within you to call upon the Lord. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The will of God and the word of God are in agreement because the will of God and the word of God are one in the same. How much do you read your Bible? You see, how much you read your Bible determines the quality and the measure of your faith. If you don't ever read God's will, which is his word, if you don't ever get into his book, your faith will never be increased from the measure that God's given you to be what it's supposed to be. Don't say God is silent when your Bible stays closed for six days. Don't say God doesn't hear me when you don't open your mouth in prayer. Don't say God don't do anything for me when you don't count your blessings. You need to activate the measure of faith that God has given you to say, I believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that's the number four is a measure of faith. I, I got to go through these quickly. My time's waning them. Number five. Now, this is going to seem, this is going to seem like a, a, a paradox, all right? It's going to seem like an oxymoron. This is going to seem like an anomaly. But here's number five. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number five, the seventh kind of faith is faithless faith. Faithless faith. Hold on, I'll prove it. Faithless faith. That's like saying dry water. But there is a faithless faith. It's in the Bible. Not a faceless faith. A faithless faith. John 10 and 27. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. See, faithless faith is those who have to see it to believe. They're ruled by their flesh. If you, if you don't go to God's house, why do you think he'll take you to his house? So it's, it's the people that say, I'll believe it when I see it. They're not saying they won't believe. 
They're just saying they won't believe until they see it. When they see it, they'll believe it so they have faithless faith. Their faith is hoping for the moment that faith can be realized when they see it. And Thomas was one of those who had faithless faith that says, until I touch the nail print in his hand, until I touch the uh, scar in his side where they thrust it, then I will believe. And Jesus said to him, and I'm paraphrasing, Amen. Blessed is he who has seen and believed, but blessed is he who had not seen and still believed. I'm asking what kind of the seven faiths do you have? Do you have faithless faith here this afternoon? Amen. Because if you do, it may take a long time for you to start believing God for a miracle. Amen. But if you've got the kind of faith that says, Lord, I still believe even if I don't see it. I still believe my family's going to be saved. I still believe you're going to heal my body. I still believe they're going to work a miracle. Amen. And then the sixth kind of faith is visible faith. Visible faith. Luke chapter 5 and verse 20. Luke 5 and 20 says this. When he saw their faith, he said unto him, Son, thy sins are forgiven thee. When he when Jesus saw their faith, I'm going to tell you something today. God can see your faith. Faith is invisible to you and I, but God can see our faith in what we say, in what we do, in where we go, in how we speak, and how we act, and even how we think. But listen to me as I say it again. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. There is even a visible faith that you can have that one another can see that God can see. I'm telling somebody here, I feel faith in this place, but I'm praying in the next few moments we're going to see faith activated in this place because I believe God can heal people in this house this afternoon. You say, Pastor, we don't have an evangelist. Pastor, are we going to sing a fast song and work ourselves up into a frenzy? Pastor, have you been fasting for 90 days? Did God come to you in a vision? Did angels show up dancing in a circle to tell you that God was going to bring healing into this service? No, not necessarily. I'll tell you how God told me. I opened up his book today and his book said, the just shall live by faith. And his book said that without faith it would be impossible to please God. And his book says that if you will believe, nothing shall be impossible unto you. So I believe he'll heal migraines today. And I believe he'll heal high blood pressure today. And I believe he'll heal diabetes today. And I believe he'll heal cancer today. I believe God is able. Amen. And then, and, and really the seven kinds of faith are kind of my intro to what I want to say because the seventh kind of faith, the seventh kind of faith is different than our fourth kind of faith in the mustard seed, but the seventh kind of faith is little faith. Little faith. Romans chapter, or excuse me, Matthew chapter six, beginning at verse number 28. Amen. Jesus says, and why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lily of the fields, how they grow. They toll not, neither do they spin. And yet, I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of the, isn't that amazing? Was not arrayed like one, Gucci ain't got nothing on God. <laughs> Louis, ain't got, Louis ain't got nothing on God. Liz Claiborne ain't got nothing on God. Hugo ain't got nothing on God. And Solomon in all his glory, Jesus said, was not arrayed like even one of those lilies. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. 
Wherefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or whither shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Oh, get ready for the next verse. But... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's don't stop there. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take care, shall take thought of things for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, Jesus was saying that little faith can accomplish a whole lot when you can believe in a God that is able to clothe the lily of the fields. When you believe in a God that is able to take care of even the most minute details. I've come to tell you this afternoon, you may be fretting about tomorrow. You may be panicked about the economy and the situation it's in. You may be afraid of what's happening on the global stage. You may be panicking with health reports from your doctors and symptoms that you have not yet Googled to freak you out anyway. But I've come to tell you that God is still in control and if he will clothe the fields with lilies he's going to take care of you amen little faith little faith hallelujah amen little faith can do some things little faith can accomplish some things it was Simon Peter in the boat when Jesus said come and the Bible says that he stepped, he, we don't know how long he walked on the way. We don't know if he took five steps or if he walked 500 yards. We don't know. But the Bible says that he walked, and then when he began to sing, Jesus gave him a title. He said, oh, ye of little faith, when did you begin to doubt? You don't need ginormous, huge, mountain-sized faith to walk on water. Even little faith can walk on water. But remember, little faith accomplishes little things sometimes. Sometimes it's always worried about little things. If the sparrow in the field knows that God will provide for him, then why don't we, amen, believe that we are as important to God as a sparrow in the field? If, if, if the lilies in the valley don't take any thought for where and how they will bloom, how much more should we not stress and worry about the little things in life that are seeking to rob you of your peace? And of, Listen, I know this is Sunday school level theology here this afternoon. But somebody needs to pull your head out of the dump of discouragement and quit fretting about what Wall Street says and about what the New York Times says and about what Fox News says. You need to pull your head out of all that and say, oh, he's still in control. My God is still able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask for. Even David said, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed beg of it doesn't matter what life throws our way. God is still in control. God is still able. Listen to Daniel. Daniel says in Daniel chapter 9 and verses 20 through 23, he said, and, and whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, Whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talking with me said, O Daniel, I now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. This prayer shows that God had complete control over Daniel's life. When Daniel, in verse 21, Daniel started praying and the angel came to him. God, I want to tell you, can send angels to instantaneously answer your prayer. When you pray, God, listen, I know we don't preach a lot about angels and there's there's probably a reason we, don't, we preach about angels and some people run out by angel statues and start praying the statues. Amen. We, there, there, there's 
just, amen. I, so you gotta, I gotta be careful when I preach on angels because we don't want a bunch of ding battery running around, amen. People, instead of praying to Jesus, they're talking to angels and, and they're praying. But, but I'm gonna tell you, angels are real and the angels of God are real. And the Bible said that when Daniel prayed in verse 21, uh, that the man Gabriel, the angel Gabriel stood there before him and saw him in a vision, uh, amen, and being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. I want to tell somebody here this afternoon that God hears your prayer and at risk of people going and misunderstanding what I'm about to say, I believe in your greatest hour of need. God can send angels into your home. He can send angels into your vehicle. He can send angels onto your job. I believe that the God, I've got faith that God is able I believe we encounter angels more than we think we do. Amen. The Bible says the, the, the Bible says that we entertain angels unaware. We, we, don't, we don't even realize it. We're so busy. Amen. We, we got so much things to do. We got so many things to worry about. I, don't th- I think 95% of the time, we don't even know we're entertaining angels. And they're standing right in front of us. We pass them at the, at, at the store. And we got our nose in the phone. Or we're tra- trying to check off things on our list. And we'll pass right by them angels. And God placed them. And God's not going to throw them in front of us. God's not going to have them grab us by the hair of our head and shake us. Amen. But the Bible said, be un- you, you know, the Jewish people at... Uh, uh, at Shobat, they they will, they will sing a song, uh, and, and they will sing the song that 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 is the welcoming of angels, because they believe that angels don't even fly on the Sabbath, and so on the Sabbath they believe the angels will come and rest in their home on the Sabbath, and and they will sing uh, songs about that, and they will sing to their children on on every Friday evening they will sing this, they will sing that that the angels are welcome into their home to rest for the Sabbath and and to and to find a place in their home. Now listen. We, we, we don't ascribe to that the angels don't fly on Saturday so we might as well make them comfy in the house I believe that they can come in anytime they want if it's the house of a child of God they will find peace in that home so if you don't got peace in your home you ain't got room for the angels of the Lord to be entertained in your house so just take that and do what, what you will make sure you're not entertaining things that won't entertain angels I said make sure you're not entertaining things that won't entertain angels Amen. Amen. And, and the Jewish people sing Shalom Alechem, Shalom Alechem. And what they're saying is, Welcome in, peace be unto you, welcome in, peace be. And they'll sing that Shalom Alechem, Shalom Alechem. And they're saying to the angels, Welcome into my house. You are welcome here. Sit at our table, sit in our home. And they believe sometimes when the stranger knocks on the door on the Sabbath, they let them in and they sit down and they feed them. Amen. And they don't know if that's an angel or if it's you. I am telling you that God sends forth ministering spirits to his people upon the earth today. I still believe in it. I still believe in it. Amen. I don't got time. I, I, I don't want to get sidetracked because I got my timer going and I don't want to keep you longer and you need to be kept. But, amen. But, but I do want to say, don't get off in the kooky angel doctrines. Okay. I'm preaching about it. I don't want you to go out here and say, man, pastor preached on angels. And so I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray to angels. And there's people that do that. Don't be weird like that. That's a graven image. That's a false God. You don't pray to angels. You pray to the Lord Jesus. Amen. That's the only one we pray to. Amen. And and I don't know if I should clear something up or just go on and preach, but you're saying that, but you don't know what I'm going to say. Let's be biblical about angels. Angels ain't going to go to school and take your test for you. Let's be biblical about it. God's not going to send an angel that's going to go and, you know, I, I better be careful. We got, some, we got some weird stuff being preached that's not biblical right now about angels. God's not going to send an angel to pretend to be to you to somebody else. That's not biblical. I heard one guy preaching here recently, and he said that his angel showed up at a prayer meeting for an entire year and talked with people. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not in the Bible. When you hear that kind of stuff, go, oh, wait a second, not in the Bible. So guy said, somebody called me and said, it was great to have lunch with me. I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm on the other side of the, on the other side of the continent. So I had a lunch with you yesterday at, a, at the airport. And, and he said, oh, it wasn't me, it was my angel. That's not in the Bible. 
And they used the scripture in Acts where uh, Peter knocked on the door and wrote a, and said, Peter's here, and they said, well, it must be his angel. You're extrapolating a lot of stuff that is not there. If you think that people have guardian angels that look identical to them, they go around and do things for people. They were in such unbelief that Peter came out of such a well-guarded prison that the only logical explanation in grasping was like, it must be an angel. We don't angel worship, but we believe that there are angels. And I have the faith of God that angels are in this house right now. I know they're in this house. I feel them in this house. Amen. I know that they camp around the people that love God. Amen. Sometimes I pray that, I just pray that God will open the, your faith as the song said in the 90s, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I believe God can open the eyes of your heart and your faith. I pray that while you're at your kitchen and you're cutting a cucumber, I pray you hear the fluttering of angels' wings. I pray that when you're working on your car in your garage, I hope you feel the brush of angels' wings as they move beside you because angels are real and God sends them to those who are of the household of faith. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Now, let, let me take you to another scripture. I'm going to try to find somewhere to land the plane. I see the airport. I just don't see the runway. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 24, Jesus gives a faith seminar. And I'm going to... I'm going to read all 10 verses, so hold on. You're going to get a lot of word. You're going to get a lot of word. So people that don't read the Bible, they're getting a lot of word, all right? Matthew 6 and 24, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the Boy, I wish I had time on that one. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall you eat or what shall you drink? Nor yet for your body what you shall put on. It is not the life, is, is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Amen. Uh, see the holiness series. And in verse, 20, uh, verse 26, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, nor, the, nor neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet our heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, uh, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? He said, which one of you that thought about it harder? If you stressed out about it long enough, how many of you could add an inch to your height? Believe me, I tried. Growing up in the house with a brother the size of a Philistine, I wanted to be tall. I wanted to be tall. I got tired of him putting his armpit in my face. I wanted to be tall. I wanted to put my armpit in his face. But I, didn't, I didn't gain any height. I, I, I tried. Hey, Amen. I'd have put my feet in miracle grow overnight if I thought that would have worked. Jesus said, which one of you uh, 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 taking thought could add one cubit to his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or whither all shall we be clothed? For these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all things, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no thought for tomorrow or for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I've read that scripture twice. I've read it once in its context, and it is saying to you two words. I want you to hold on. This is going to be profound. I don't need anybody to faint. Oxygen may leave the room. Angels may appear and start doing backflips. These 10 scriptures are telling you two words. Are you ready? Stop worrying. Amen. You can go home. No. Stop worrying. Jesus took 10 verses to tell you, stop worrying. Stop worrying. 
I know I got people thinking, I know my pastor preaches deeper than this. I can't believe he is bunting with the bases loaded right now. How in the world did he not come up with something more profound than stop worrying or seven kinds of faith in the Bible? I wanted to hear more eschatology. I wanted to hear some Christology and soteriology and numerology and apologetics and homiletics and harmonies. Well, then go to Bible college. That's not what I'm teaching today. I am preaching you need to have faith in God and I have come to strengthen your walk with God with two simple words. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Stop worrying. Your worry's not going to fix anything. Your stressing about it's not going to cure anything. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here this afternoon. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I want to encourage you in the word of the Lord. In verse 27, Jesus said, stop worrying about the quality of your life. In verse 28, he said, stop worrying about your clothes. In verse 31, he said, stop worrying about your food and drink. Don't worry about tomorrow because God is your provider. God is your father and he's going to take care of you. Stop worrying about it. You may not see him, but he's there. He is your high tower. He is the rock of your salvation. He is your shield and he is your buckler. He is your sword. Amen. Hallelujah. He is my protector and my provider. He is the glory and the lifter up of my head. He is the rock of my salvation. He clothes me with strength. He honors me with his righteousness. Stop worrying about it. Have faith in God. Once more, you need to put your hand on your hip and you need to give the biggest ha 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 to the biggest stress in your life and say, God is still in control. Ah, I'm not going to worry about it. Amen. Praise God. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Maybe next Sunday I got something deeper than that. Amen. But I've come to tell you, stop worrying about everything. Stop worrying about everything. Quit freaking out about all this stuff. You can't fix it. I can't fix it. Only God can fix it. And if he ain't fixed it, he don't want it to be fixed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I've come to I've come to rub your flesh the wrong way and smack the devil in the forehead and tell you quit worrying about things you ain't got control over anyway. I got to be careful, but if I was carnal, I would say, here's a little song I wrote. You may want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. You need to quit frowning and fretting and being stressed out about things that are out of your control. Amen. I, I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. The government, the state, the, the education, the war, the money. The, hey, don't worry about it. in God. I don't care how you have faith in God. I gave you seven ways to have faith in God. Have faith in God. I gave you seven ways to have faith. I gave you a way to have faith for each day of the week. The Bible says fear not 365 times in the Bible. One day for every day in the year, the Bible says don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I gave you seven ways to have faith. You got seven seven days a week, 365 days a year. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Have faith in God. Worry makes cowards out of even aggressive men. Worry robs your body of rest. Worry, you walk in strong, but you go out shaky. Muhammad Ali was affected not just because of how he punched, but because of how he made others worry. He taunted them. They'd never seen anything like him before. 
Never seen anything. He, he, he told you he was going to beat you before he beat you. And then he told you how he's going to beat you. And he, and he made it rhyme. He, he made it rhyme, and that made it worse because you took the beating off a of nursery rhyme. In the thriller in Manila, the rumble in the jungle, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. He told you what he's going to do. I'm going to give it to your left. I'm going to give it to your right. I'm going to give it to you all night. You're going down. Ain't no way around. You're going down. He told them. It didn't matter how tough they were. It, it didn't matter if it was Joe Frazier or Joe Brown or Joe Bob. They stood in front of him and they worried because they knew this guy was bad enough to do it and crazy enough to talk about it. I'm telling you, you ought to give the devil a little bit of his own medicine. I'm about to take your kingdom apart in the name of Jesus. My family's going to be saved. I'm going to teach Bible studies on my job. My living room is not just going to be an entertainment room. It's going to be a Bible study session. It's going to be a class. My swimming pool is going to be a baptismal tank. It's time to turn the tables on hell and say, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to make the devil worry. Hallelujah. You need to be that kind of believer when your feet hits the floor, the devil shivers and goes, oh no, they got up again. Hey Amen. You need to hear the devil praying around your house, praying you get a good night's sleep. Worry is the mother of cancer. Doctors are proving this. Worry is the mother of cancer. Worry is the mother of heart disease. Worry is the mother of high blood pressure and ulcers. It's not what's, what you're eating that's mattering. It's what's eating you that matters. And that's not an excuse not to eat healthy. I'm just saying. I, I think you should strike a balance. I, I, I want to walk away because somebody's going to walk out here and go, you know what, bless God, I've been cutting back on the sugar and I've been doing good, but pastor said today, it's not what you're eating that matters. You didn't hear the second half. So don't go out here and OD on Krispy Kreme donuts. At least don't do it without me. Hey, if you're going to do death by Krispy Kreme, I'm not one to let my brother fight alone. Amen. you eat that matters is what's eating you that matters Jesus said in John 14 and 1 and some of you need to write this and stick it to your forehead on a sticky note amen don't tattoo it because we don't believe in that but if it's a sticky note staple it on your forehead Jesus said it like this let not your heart be troubled if you believe in God believe in me God's already solved the problem that you're going through Worry is not just a sign of little faith. Listen to me. Worry is not just a sign of little faith. Worry is the seed of sin planted in our life. Don't worry. Have faith in God. <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to close this Pentecostal style. Because I know we need to be shouting and dancing or sobbing and snotting all over the place. I think I'll get us there, brother. Lucas, play something slow. They'll make everybody want to cry. <laughs> David said it like this in the 23rd. I'm in it. <laughs> I got two more pages, and I don't think they want to endure that. David said in the 23rd Psalm in the fourth, fourth verse, Yea, though I walk through the valley. Come on, say it with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the I will. For you are your rod and thy staff. They Notice what he said. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The shadow of death. I didn't get so hot this thing's slipping off my head. Death is just a shadow. Death is just a shadow. I granted I'm not the smartest man in the room. I, I get it. But I do understand this. 
There ain't no need to fear a shadow. Brother Chase, I could be wrong, but last time I checked, the shadow of a lion can't hurt me. And the shadow of a snake can't bite me. And the shadow of a bear can't eat me. The shadow of a sword can't cut me. Death ain't nothing but a shadow. <laughs> and my God is light and in him there is no shadow of turn. What's, what's the worst thing that can do? I can die. Yeah, but what's death? It's a shadow. It's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. Four songs later, David would write in the 27th Psalm in the first verse in the echo of the fourth verse of the 23rd Psalm of the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death, he would say this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Stop fearing the shadow. Jesus picked up on that theme in John 11 and 25 through 26. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whosoever, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Revelations 1 and 18. Jesus said, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Don't fear sickness. Because God is the great physician. Don't fear poverty. For my Bible says it is he who has given us power to get wealth. Don't fear people. For the word of the Lord says, I will make your enemies be at peace with you. Proverbs 16 and 7 says this, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the sweet peace in the presence of Almighty God. Worry or doubt, you can interchange them here. Worry is trust in the unpleasant. Worry is trust knowing that disaster is coming. It is the belief and faith in despair and defeat. That's what worry is. Worry drowns optimism. It strangles faith and hope. And I don't mean this in any offensive way, but worry is shown by weak faith. There are seven ways to have faith. But I've come to tell you, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Breathe a little. Because God is in control. Start laughing at things you used to tremble at. It's just a shadow. Nobody ever died from the shadow of a gun. I feel the Lord in this place right now. You know, I feel, I, feel, I feel the peace of heaven in this house. You want to know why? Because faith is elevated right now. And when faith is elevated, just as light in a dark room, worry and doubt disperses in the presence of holy, godly faith. Stand with me this afternoon. I could stand up here and say, that I spent the last three days curled up in the floor in my office sobbing and God showed me prophetically that somebody here is stressed out. 
but to save myself back problems and three days of not eating food, I can just tell you in the environment we're living in right now, it's safe to say we're living with some worry and we're living with some stress. I've come with this simple message. If you're a guest here, don't hold this against me. I can't. I, I typically preach better sermons than this. Deeper than this. More profound, I guess, if you want to say it like, I just came with this simple message today. Have faith in God. Believe God. Just believe. Vinny, believe God. I, I love this young man. I, I love his faith. So I'm just have faith in God. God's in control. He's going to school right now, Brother Chase, and welding and all of that stuff. He's set up, setting himself up good. I don't know what the future holds for you, but I know who holds your future. You want to know why? Because I've seen you weep in these altars, and I've seen you pray, and I have felt and discerned your intensity and your love for God. And the Bible says the steps of a righteous man, of a good man, are ordered of the Lord. So, so don't worry about it you're doing pretty good we beat ourselves up all the time society tells us all the time we're not complete that's what advertising is it's a marketing ploy that hell is intensified that you're not complete you're not complete without that car. You're not complete without that home. You're not complete without their product. You need their face cream, toe cream, ear cream. You need their hairspray. You, you need all of these. You need their shoes. You need their you need their watches. You need their socks. You need their chonies. You need everything that they have. You, you just you, you don't speak Spanish. You don't know what I said. Ask somebody after church. Everywhere you turn, Brother Clifton, they're just telling you, you're not enough. You're not enough. You look at the magazine, it says, you're not enough. You're not enough. You, you need my product to complete you. you need, if you don't have my product, you're not going to be happy. Amen. I'd be happy with some tater chips. And Lay says, it's got to be my potato chips. And Doritos says, it's got to be my potato chips. And Funyun says, it's my potato chip. And I'm just thirsty. And Coke says, ain't, ain't, you know, I'm the real thing. And, and Pepsi says, no, try me. And Dr. Pepper says, and, and it's constantly, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good. You're not cool. You're not hip. You're not here if you don't have. But I am telling you, shh. Just have faith in God. Just have faith in God. And I know it's easier said than done. But all the pressures that life puts on us and the world puts on us, and let's be honest for a moment, that we put on ourselves. Trying to keep up with the Joneses and fit in with the, I don't know who the Joneses are but sometimes I won't slap them <laughs> gotta keep up with them now I don't know who the Joneses are but they make a lot of money they don't ever work they got all the nice and stuff and I'm supposed to be keeping up with them well you know what I'm gonna keep up with this plan oh I feel the Holy Ghost right because life is telling, you're telling yourself, I should be further than this by now. I should have more than this now. I should be better than, I should be more like them. I should be, and God said, no, 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 but I got a plan for you. Have faith. Have faith. And, to the, and, to, and maybe there's somebody here that maybe this is offensive and you're saying, well, you should never tell people that they're good enough. And I, that, that, that's not what I'm saying. I, it, listen, if, if it helps you, then let, let me just do it like this. If you're sinning, stop sinning. Okay? If you're not living for God, live for God. All right? If you're a drunk, stop being a drunk. If you're a crackhead, quit smoking crack. If you beat your wife, quit beating your wife. If you stole money from your job, put it back and confess to it. Don't do it again. But I don't think I'm dealing with the majority of people that are having those issues. I think I'm talking to people here this afternoon who by and large, the vast majority are doing their dead level best to serve God and please the Lord. But in seeking to please the Lord, you're being pulled in a thousand different directions. And I am telling you, in the Holy Ghost, stop worrying. Have faith. 
Pastor, housing is unaffordable. Have faith in God. Pastor, I can't even fill up my tank. Have faith in God. Pastor, I think I'm going to get laid off. I, I hurt with you, I, but I just want to tell you, have faith in God. I'm trying to find a way to make this Pentecostal. I know we're supposed to be shouting and jumping or on the floor screaming and crying. But I, but I think his spirit, gentle like a dove, has settled upon this place. And is wanting to get your attention because it's not in the earthquake. And it's not in the lightning. But it's in the still small voice. He's speaking to people right now saying, don't worry. Have faith in God. Just believe. Have faith in God. And I wonder if there's anybody who would be willing, and I know we don't have a lot of room, who would say, my God, Pastor, I didn't even know, but that's what I needed to hear. I didn't realize I had been such under such a burden of worry. I want you to come join me in the altar. Amen. I want you to join me up here for a few moments because I feel the touch and the peace and the presence of Almighty God. If there's anybody here that just wants to step into just beyond the veil, that God can strengthen you with this. I want to invite you to come for a moment. I want to invite you to step forward for a moment. I want you to, to invite you to join me in this altar. Amen. Because what you've walked in here with, I believe God can lift that burden from off of you. I believe God can lift that burden from off of you this afternoon. Amen. The I'm not good enough and the I can't make it and I can't do it and I need that job to complete me and I, I need that money to complete me. I need that new house to make me worthy. I need that better car to complete me. I need that relationship to complete me. I need No, all you need is Jesus to complete you. Just stop worrying about it and have faith in Almighty God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. My brothers have faith in God. I know times are getting tough. The enemy's staring you down the eyes, but have faith in God. It ain't nothing but a shadow. It ain't nothing but a shadow. My dear sisters have faith in God. I know the pressure of this age is getting tough, but have faith in God. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Have faith in God. Your stress won't solve it. Your worry won't cure it. Save yourself the blood pressure and the ulcers and have faith in God. Have faith in God that he's able. Have faith in God that he's able. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.